You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys playoff style. With your man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White, you can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB, and of course you can hit me up at RW3 there on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you and check out all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. Well, I mean, this is what you live for, Tom. The position yeah. the Cowboys have put themselves in, perhaps a miracle finish down the stretch, but no matter, the Cowboys are the two seed, truly the. For anybody that has to play on wildcard weekend, and that's everybody but the one seed these days, they are in the best position any team could be heading into this weekend. And that is something that is extremely exciting as we look forward. Uh, Even with the news of the day, Tom, that, uh, you know, the honeymoon might not last for much longer with this group of (laughs) couples. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone that may not have noticed on Wednesday, uh, Pete Carroll is no longer going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And as you might recall, a certain Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator has long ties to the Seahawks. And that, you know, the speculation has started up again about Dan Quinn getting hired away to be a head coach. Uh, he stuck around last year largely because he just was enjoying being the D.C. so much in Dallas. Yeah, but I think there's too many good opportunities out there, and it looks like the Seahawks may be one of the best ones, plus, you know, with his ties to the team, all the work he did out there. Uh, you, you just have to feel like the time is coming. Uh, we're going to be parting ways. Uh you know, and in a few weeks, we hope we'll probably be talking about what the Cowboys are going to do to replace uh, Quinn and, you know, maybe a couple of other guys. He could take some people with him. I hope not. I'd kind of like to see Joe Witt get a shot at replacing Quinn. Uh, but, you know, that's that's down the road a little bit for us. We hope. Right now. We hope, Tom. We hope it's down the road, right? That's yeah. kind of. The insinuation there a couple weeks down the line, like, look, that storyline is going to be above the Cowboys as long as they're in this playoff position, no doubt about it. The Tennessee Titans, after letting go of Mike Rabel, already requested an interview with Dan Quinn as well. So there are multiple teams that are going to be interested in him, and Cowboys fans are just going to have to, you know, understand the fact that you may be watching the last game of Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, hopefully not this weekend. Because Bingo. let's let's get to the to the good stuff. The Cowboys got to the two seed, won the NFC East after 
all the odds being stacked against them as as little as three weeks ago. Uh, and they did so emphatically with a bit of a statement game against the Washington Commanders. But it really it was taking care of business against an inferior team. They took care of business well. Now they face the Green Bay Packers. Um, those of us that have been around more than a decade remember how the pan- the Packers bounced the Cowboys from the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, feels so fresh, so, Tom. It doesn't feel like a decade ago. It feels fresh. Yeah, well, that's because that that was one of the first time uh, in 2014 was the infamous Des Bryant catch game. And, I mean, we we all got that burned into our souls. And I mean, Des caught it. They made a whole rule about fixing that type of issue going forward. But if you watch yeah. the replay, and I still contend, the football move was made. He stretched his arm forward. And the ground caused the fumble. We and I'm not, and I'm not sure. As hard as I look at it, I don't think you can actually see where the ball touched the ground. It looked like he might have had his hand under it, caught it. Anyway, yeah. see what you've done to me. Drenched <laughs> up old memories. Stop it. That's what it does to all of us. But that those have very little bearing on what's going on now because. The rosters have completely changed out. Uh, well, almost completely. You still got Tyron Smith. You still got Zach Martin, and you still got Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott is, I think, a much more complete, more well-rounded, more capable quarterback than he was in his rookie season of 2016, which is the second time that the 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 Packers beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. And not only is the, the, they have Dak Prescott at quarterback, the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers, the guy that broke our hearts. Uh, You know, they don't have to worry about him. And Hey, we've got the winning coach from those two games because Mike (laughs) McCarthy was the head coach in green Bay. Now he of course is the Cowboys head coach. This is a different situation entirely, and, and we just need to step back. Remember, the Packers are the seventh seed. They were the last team to, to make it in, so to speak. And you look at how they went. They they earned the playoffs. Let's let's not take that away from them. Um, you know, Jordan Love has been playing well. The cow the Packers have won enough games to get the wild He's been card. playing excellent, by the way. I mean, he's been playing phenomenal here as of late. Uh, this second half of the season, he has a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 18-2. and two. Now, he finished the year second in touchdown passes against Dak Prescott. That That is a remarkable number coming from what they started at, at 1-5, and five, yeah. this Packers team. Um, they, you know – from that standpoint, I'm. I understand that history is a long time ago, but even recent history, the Cowboys are only one and nine in their last ten meetings against the Green Bay Packers. It hasn't gone great, even without Aaron Rodgers, 
involved. Granted, like, yeah, he does, you know, there's not that fear. There's not that magic to strike at your heart quite the way Aaron Rodgers did. But I've been impressed with Jordan Love. Yeah, I've been impressed. They're not a bad bad team at all. Like I said, they earned their way into the playoffs with a strong well, Let me finish. ask you, would you have rather had them or the, or the Rams? Because we all expected the Rams to be the team that the Cowboys would be facing. There was even some talk that maybe you wouldn't want to be the two seed because you might have to face the Rams. Do you feel better about the Packers? I don't I don't think I look at it that way. You know, the Packers are the opponent. They're the team the Cowboys have to beat. Now I, mean, I, I do. I feel better about it. I'll yeah. say it. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, you look at it at the stats from the year because that's what we got. We've got the full season to look back at and try to figure out what these teams are and what they have. Uh, if you look at the best predictor for success in games, it's always been point differential. You know, just statistically, the point differential just tells you so much about what's going to happen in the next game. Um, and, you know, I wish I could point you to where some people have laid out the case for that, but it's, it's held up pretty well. The Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Uh, surprisingly, they are one point better than the San Francisco 49ers in point differential. Green, they are at plus 194. Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's a pretty good number, you know. That's that's over it's an average 10 margin points. of victory of over ten points. There you go, bingo. That's yeah, over 10, ten points per game. Green Bay is much has a much narrower victory at uh, plus thirty three. So that alone indicates that this game should favor the Cowboys. I just parenthetically want to mention that there is another playoff team in the NFC that only managed a plus five point differential. Wow. I hope the Philadelphia Eagles have fun taking that into Tampa Bay. (laughs) You know, got to take my, got to take my shots in. Love Uh, it. Fair. Now you break down what the offense did for the Cowboys. Uh, They averaged league best 29.9 points per game. The, the Packers were a full touchdown behind at 22.5. Uh, now, you look at how they how they break that out. The Cowboys relied heavily on throwing the ball, uh, averaging 258.6 yards per game passing. That's the third best in the NFL. Uh, it looked for a while that was how they had to go, but the running game did show some signs of life against the commanders, so we will be watching that. Uh, Green Bay comes in 12th in the league. Once again, kind of where you'd expect a seventh seed to be. Um, surprisingly, you know, as much as we've fretted about the Cowboys running game, the two teams are nearly a wash in yards per game. The Cowboys averaged exactly 0.8 yards per game more than the Packers. So it's very, very close. Um, that surprised and, me. I'm trying to think of which of those running games I like better. And I suppose they are pretty similar. Yeah. You know, Aaron now, Jones was hurt for a portion of the year, but he is very talented. Yeah. And the Cowboys have to not let him beat him. He's done that in the in the past, basically been the, the reason they lost the game. 
But if you look at look at the players, since we're tossing some names around, uh, we know that that Dak Prescott has at least inserted himself into the MVP conversation. Uh, although, as we're seeing with things like Micah Parsons getting left off of the players' all-pro ballots, uh, it is a beauty contest and is subjective. Uh, but Prescott's been outstanding in most of the games this year. He was certainly on fire against Washington in you know a little bit of adverse weather with the high winds that they were dealing with. And, you know, he completed, I think it was 31 of 36 passes. Uh, they didn't go to the long ball, which was an interesting note because he really was relying on what was working. And when you're going with strictly short passes, I mean, he barely took a shot past the 10-yard line all game, relying on yards after the catch and just moving the sticks with consecutive downs. And he worked. You have to complete a lot of passes for that to be successful, and to put up as many points as the Cowboys did. Uh, you know, don't get to thirty-eight points unless you are really just marching down the field, drive after drive, when you're not getting big plays. Uh, inside the friendly confines of AT&T Stadium, he will probably air it out more. But we know that he doesn't have to; that he can still do quite well. Uh, He's been a scoring machine, leads the league in touchdowns, uh, passing touchdowns with 36. He's only thrown nine picks after his horrible, terrible year last year. Well, oops, look at what he did. Uh, and so, you know, uh, it's interesting that people are talking about Josh Allen, who has far more picks than him. And the the some of the for some of the postseason honors, but let's let's we'll just leave that alone. Uh, now, per your discussion, Jordan Love has been no slouch. Uh, he's seventh in yards overall, and he is second to Dak in touchdowns thrown, and he's only thrown eleven picks. So here you've got the edge statistically is. A little is a narrower one, I think, but Dak Prescott is a much more seasoned veteran. He's a guy that I think is about to hit that that prime that NFL quarterbacks can hit in their early thirties. That second um, stage, right where the mental also matches up with the physical tools that are still there. Like yes. his mental handle of the game now. And his ability to read defenses, you have to imagine that it's on a completely different level yes. than it was in the first couple of years of his career. Yeah, and I I think that is something that's going to be very much a plus for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have been throwing stuff at Dak this season. Uh, I don't think the Packers are going to come up with anything that's going to particularly rattle him. I'll talk a little bit more about something about pass rushes and stuff in a minute, but I'm trying to, you know, stick to our little little semi-script here. Obviously, as the quarterback, you're not getting it done by yourself. You've got to have pass receivers. You've got to have a running back. And this is a case of where the two teams are operating very differently. For the Cowboys, Dak to CD is the big connection. Now, 
Jake Ferguson has been very good as their second uh, leading receiver, but he's got way, way less than uh, CD does. But Green Bay's, uh, you know, their best receiver uh, is Jaden Reed. And he's got a thousand fewer yards than CD has, almost as close to a thousand fewer yards. And yet you look at the numbers of yards, and it becomes evident that the Packers just throw to a lot of people. Dak loads up a lot of throws to CD, and it's been successful. I mean, when a guy is having the game CD has had, sometimes you just keep feeding him until they figure out a way to slow him down. If they don't slow him down, then he's going to eat all game long. I mean, even though he only got, I think, 98 yards last week, he had 13 catches. So why don't why wouldn't you throw to him? They're not coming up with a way to stop him. Uh, it just means that the two defenses have a different puzzle here. The the Packers have to figure out, can we stop CD without Brandon Cooks and Fergie and maybe Jalen Tolbert going off on them or something? Uh, you know, there's even, I guess, some hope Michael Gallup could suddenly burst, but, you know, we don't know. Go ahead. I think that would be – I mean, I think it would be – like very optimistic to think Michael Gallup is all of a sudden going to flash here. He's on his way out, and we all know that yeah. to be the case. Given Jalen Tolbert's you know emergence and Brandon Cooks, like you know having filled that role as the number two wide receiver, uh, I would say on the Packers side of things, right? And this is why somewhat sometimes season long numbers I think can be deceiving. Yes, Jaden Reed is their best wide wide receiver statistically, but Christian Watson played nine games and. It, to me, is the guy that is still burned in my brain is the guy that the Cowboys need to worry about if they need to worry about anybody. He yeah. has not played since December 3rd, but as of Wednesday, he returned on a limited basis along with wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. So, and Dobbs hadn't been missing a ton of time, as much time, but I would point out that like they've been running with a little bit of a shoestring cast from a wide receiver standpoint, and there will be some talent on that side of the ball uh, when they line up against the Cowboys on Sunday. I expect both Dobbs and Watson to play. Yeah. And, yes, the, the like I said, the Cowboys just have to figure out, you know, they, they've got to cover, I think. They've got to lean. They've got to be more into covering a bunch of guys. The Packers are going to be probably mostly worried about C.D., and I think that you always do that at your peril because Ferguson's good. Cooks is almost like a case that they've kept the powder dry. It's, it's, I think the playoffs – They haven't they, needed him a ton. Yeah, they haven't needed him. And I think if they do, I think he's going to be there. But we'll have to see. Over at running back, uh, again, possibly because of injuries and stuff – but you've got two different approaches. They've got Tony Pollard, who's a thousand yard back. Thank you, 17 game season. <laughs> and then, you know, Rico Dowdle only has 361 yards. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon have 656 and 613, respectively. It's like their top two backs on each team have almost the same total yards. Yet with 
Green Bay again because maybe games misses stuff. It's been almost an even split. Whereas the Cowboys, you clearly have the lead back and you have the guy that comes in to help. And I mean, even for the Cowboys, I kind of like to see a little bit more of Rico Dowdle sprinkled in. I think Tony Pollard started to look a little bit better, but I don't think there's a significant drop off with Rico Dowdle. I cannot explain for any reason. I cannot come up with an explanation watching these two players. How in the world Aaron Jones isn't considered a feature back in that offense and A.J. Dillon isn't a guy considered to be, like, barely usable. Because for some reason early on in the season, those guys were splitting work. And here in the last three games, they've decided to give Aaron Jones the rock He's averaged 115 yards a game over their last three games, all wins, heading into this game against the Cowboys. And I would anticipate it being very much an Aaron Jones type of circumstance. I don't think they need to worry about A.J. Dillon. You ain't got to stop A.J. Dillon. You need to stop Aaron Jones. And if you don't remember, Tom, what Aaron Jones is capable of, I believe he went for not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns at one point against the Cowboys in a victory against them, correct? Yeah, but that that was the pass. We're going to hope that stays the pass. Now, I did <laughs> see something very interesting from uh, Patrick Walker, uh, the mothership, DallasCowboys.com. Uh, he, he mentioned the fact that, yeah, they've been good at running the ball, but they're kind of a 20s to 20s running team, and yes. uh, Walker, Patrick pulled up that their red zone runs, they've had 77 runs in the red zone, three touchdowns with a 3.2 yard per carry average. And I love that you say that. I'm going to try to find it before this is over. I would like to see how they have split those red zone carries between Jones and Dylan, because I would be willing to bet. They think Dylan is like the bruiser. And I would be willing to bet that Dylan has gotten a higher percentage of those red zone carries. And thusly, they have failed in that part of the, the football, like the football field. I would really be nervous. The more I see Aaron Jones in that backfield, the more I see 33 in that backfield, the more nervous I will be. That is, to me, one of two guys that can break this game for the Cowboys that you really need to worry about. Yeah, and we all know the Cowboys have had their issues at times with run defense. Ooh. So we're gonna have, we'll have to see what happens. Oh, I still think it's going to turn more on the passing game, you know, just because it's the NFL and because I think that's where the Cowboys are going to be doing the most damage. So when you flip it around to defense, uh, you know, the Cowboys uh, defense allowed the fifth fewest passing yards. Green Bay's was 17th. You know, that says that there should be an opportunity for the Cowboys to move the ball. Uh, both of them are weaker in the run game. Uh, but in the rush defense, the Cowboys still came in a little bit better looking. Uh, but to me, the thing to watch is the, the between the pass rushes uh, because there's something that's kind of flipped here. Uh if you look at the time it takes that the time that it takes Green Bay's pass rushers to get to the quarterback or get pressure, Dak is getting the ball off just a tick before that moment. 
So the chances are they are not going to get to him before he can get the ball away. Uh, and he was making some fast reads against Washington and getting the ball out there. Flip side, Love tends to hang on to that ball and try to throw it even with them bearing down on him. And the Cowboys bear down fast, even if Michael Parsons cannot buy a holding call. So it's, you know, I think you've got something there that works in the Cowboys' advantage, even though Green Bay is, has a higher pressure rate than the Cowboys do, again, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But uh, I do think that Prescott's experience, his ability to read the field, is is a plus. And that's going to be something that I think is is going to – have a lot to do with how this game turns out. I still think that it's another place where the Cowboys have the statistical advantage. I think, I mean, as you're detailing here in this explanation, the Cowboys have a statistical advantage in a lot of areas going into this game. Uh, the question is, will that play out on the football field? That is ultimately why, you know, we play these games because it doesn't always play out that way. That being mm -hmm. said, I do like the Cowboys' chances to generate pressure on Jordan Love and potentially create some turnovers that teams haven't been able to get out of him over the last several weeks. As I mentioned, like the second half of the season, 18 touchdowns to two interceptions. He has been as phenomenal as any quarterback in the league has been over the second half of the season, and that includes Dak Prescott, yeah. Jordan Love. But you have to look at the flip side of that. The Packers are even. They're zero in turnover differential, which means they're also not taking the ball away a lot. Agreed. Agreed. But what I was about to say is in watching some of these highlights too, Jordan Love is willing to put the ball up when his feet are in horrific places for a quarterback to be throwing the ball. He is willing to take chances, a la former Packers quarterbacks, I suppose you could say, but he's willing to take really play into the Cowboys' hands because, you know, the quality of opponents that the Packers have beat up on here recently, like, granted, he's been great. The quality of opponents has not been good. They have not beaten a lot of good teams here recently, although, I mean, you could point to the fact that they have beaten some really good teams this year. Kansas City, Detroit, I mean, the Rams. They've put it on several teams that we've considered to be above-average football teams. Yeah. Now, the Cowboys, again, they've got a clear advantage in turnover margin at plus 10, but I don't put much weight on that because turnovers are such a matter of chance, odd bounces. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott's interception was was a deflected ball. Uh, you know, you just never know what, what's going to happen um, and with that stuff. So that I just – yeah, hopefully the Cowboys will generate a, a turnover or two more than the Packers do. So that would be helpful. Uh, the one thing that is just, and I don't know if I can quite explain, uh, there are reasons we'll get into, but the Cowboys are right now at home. We've heard this. They've got a 16-game winning streak at AT&T Stadium. I can remember when the Cowboys were road warriors. They were winning more games away from AT&T than they were at home. Uh, 
that's just not the way it's normally done. Uh, you know, like the Minnesota Vikings did it this year, but most of the teams that are in the playoffs are typical. They won more home games. They do away games because you don't have to go on the airline flight. You don't have to live out of a motel for a night. You're in your normal routine at home. You basically, you just get up and drive to work, you know? Uh, so I don't know how much of it is the comfort with the routine, how much of it is psychological. I certainly have my doubts about how big an advantage the AT&T crowd is because they're notorious for sitting on their hands during games when the Cowboys could use them to be making a little noise. Uh, at least, well, you hope that this is not going to be a case of where there's going to be noise that the Cowboys have to contend with, but give them their props. Cheeseheads travel well. And, uh, you know, especially this weekend, they might be looking forward to getting out of Wisconsin <laughs> and, and some of the snow and stuff that they got hit with over the past few days. Although it ain't uh, going to be much better in Dallas this weekend, uh, weather-wise. At least yeah, they'll but, be indoors. In that yeah, state. dome. Dome. <laughs> That's a one nice thing, thing. One thing I also do, like, I think the – Schedule makers have a real sense of humor. I mean, I know this afternoon Sunday window is also kind of where they usually want to put the best games, but you know that sets up for that 5.30, you know, 4.30 shadow that comes through the end zone. And my God, I hope they don't have a situation or a circumstance where that comes into play to any degree. In this yeah. game, at least uh, in in a negative fashion for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, you know we could. There ain't gonna be whole, no curtains, Tom. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast about be ranting about the stupidity of that. When you know, yeah, hang the curtains. The curtains exist. They, they use them for college games. It's like, what is it with Jerry Jones in this crap? Why does he think that helps his team? Because they because they see it more often. I'm sorry, I just it just drives me crazy. Now, we've talked about these words in the past, but I think this is a game for some of the reasons that you've mentioned. Uh, you know that we need to be leery of a trap game because it's happened with the Packers. As a matter of fact, one of the most notorious trap games in Dallas Cowboys history involved the Green Bay Packers and a backup quarterback named Matt Flynn, who threw like four or five touchdowns in AT&T Stadium to get an upset win over the Cowboys. And how that, that game is a little bit interesting because I don't think anybody knows who flat – Matt Flynn was, if it weren't for that one game. It's basically all he ever did in his NFL career. He he got uh, the starting Seahawks. He got a contract that offseason to be the starting Seattle Seahawks quarterback, and then he got beat out by a third rounder by the name of Russell Wilson. But yeah. he was signed that offseason to be the Seattle Seahawks starter based on that performance against the Cowboys. Yeah, that basically got him a nice payday. And so I'm sure he's living comfortably and enjoying his money. And, you know, I don't know if he has any regrets about anything, but 
you know, he needs to he, he you have I would to say call. This, <laughs> I would say this about looking at I mean the Packers as a team that like you know, this is a trap game because they're seven and a half point favorites. This is not going to be – I don't expect – if you go into this game expecting it to be anything more than a one-score game, then I'm sorry, you better be ready for a roller coaster. You need to – they need to go into this game. And credit to Mike McCarthy for speaking about what mistakes he feel like he made a season ago uh, in preparing, you know, or uh, in, the last time in preparing for this team. And he kind of said, like, we talked about this game. I shouldn't have spent as much time talking about it. I shouldn't have addressed it. I should have just treated it like a good quality opponent that made the playoffs that we have to respect. And that is the approach that everybody is taking going into this game. It's the right one. And it's the approach fans should be taking as well. If you're going into it saying they're seven and a half point favorites, this is a slam dunk. I got news for you. I've kind of got my feeling about the game is that it will probably stay fairly close, but the Cowboys are going to get to a two-score lead that they'll win by in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, a little late pulling ahead. Uh, I hope so, anyway. Uh, it's, you know, we've looked at a lot of stats, but the funny thing about it, statistics is they're yesterday. Yeah. We're now starting the some people call it the second half of the season, which is kind of ridiculous given that it's only four weekends. But we're into the 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 part that everybody wants to be in, and it's now single elimination. You lose, and it's over. You win, you live to play another week until you till some till two teams get to the end and one comes out with the Lombardi Trophy. This is this is a, a team, you know, Dallas has struggled against some good teams, and I think we can agree that Green Bay is a good team. Uh, you know, they they you know they they wound up playing in a division with the Lions, who turned out to be a better team in some ways. Uh, they've got great coaching. So, you know, this is gonna come down to can the Cowboys take care of their business against them. And you mentioned how Mike McCarthy is talking about the game. You get the feeling that that has completely permeated the locker room. These guys are all just focused on, we're going to play this team. We're not looking ahead. We're not uh, going to have our expectations set. We are going to go in and earn the win. I just – I. I I like a lot about this Cowboys team. I, you know, think that there is entirely plausible they could live up to their two seed and get to the uh, conference championship. And then we'll have to see how that is and who's lined up and where. Because I think this is the best chance they've had to win a Super Bowl since Dak Prescott has been here. Yeah. Um, I do. Th- yeah, I certainly would like to see them get to the NFC championship game, you know, because – Thanks to another weird rambling wait stop. I'm going to think about this while I'm talking response from Jerry Jones. Uh, the th- speculation came up about what would it take to get Mike McCarthy fired? Folks, I don't think Mike McCarthy's going to get fired. I don't care. I don't Ooh. care how this game turns out. 
I don't. And don't, I don't, don't care how this game against. Don't care how I this do, game against Green Bay turns out. Don't care. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know what it would take. Even in a Tom, loss. if they lose this game, if they lose this game as seven and a half point favorites at home against the seventh seed, Green Bay Packers, with all that history, I'm sorry, all bets are off, my friend. I disagree, and I hope Ooh. we don't have to find out. I, I oh my god, that, I, I dread it. I dread I th- it. I, th- I think McCarthy would get uh, to finish out his contract. I do. I don't, I don't just... think we're going to have to worry about it because I do think the Cowboys win. If they win this game, that's a 13-win team. They could lose in the next round, and while that would be a disappointment that they didn't get the NFC Championship game, that clearly keeps Mike McCarthy's job, in my mind, especially since you're having the turnover there at defensive coordinator. But don't underestimate, Tom, Jerry's – what what it would mean for Jerry, not necessarily from a coaching standpoint, organizationally, other than uh, all that, what it would mean for Jerry from a national media perspective and scale to bring Bill Belichick to the Cowboys. Like I'm, I know that I I even hate saying it. I hate saying it. I hate even putting that into the ether as a suggestion. But I've talked to multiple people who seem to believe from inside the organization that Jerry does have a soft spot, does have an inkling for Bill Belichick, potentially. Um, Like, that's why he left the door open. I might just – I don't think that Jerry could ever come to an agreement with Belichick over power sharing Mm. because Belichick don't share power. That's... He doesn't need to. I, I think it would have more of an effect on other guys potentially, like Will McClay, within the Cowboys organization. But I think you'd be surprised. But again, we don't even even need to worry about that. Neither you or I think that's going to be the case. Cowboys wind up winning this game against in a close one against the Green Bay Packers. They put on a good fight, and we are very much looking forward to it with you. If that's not the way it goes down, oh Tom, next Thursday will be a very interesting one. So. <laughs> We look forward to getting in touch with you guys at that point. Please reach out to us. Let us know what you think, how this game is going to go down. We'd love to hear from you again at Tom Rob BTB on Twitter for him, at RW3 for me. And make sure you follow all the great content at Blogging the Boys on Twitter, bloggingtheboys.com, and make sure you follow that YouTube page as well. For Tom, I'm Roy. You stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. <laughs>